Yes, indeed. It's Causeway Kings, and we are back. Playoffs are underway. It's a wild time to be a Bruins fan because, well, the whole uh, chessboard got shook up, but we'll talk about that in a moment. As always, your friend Ben Rabinovitz alongside Adam Clancy. We got Gordo. We got Marshall. And boys, first of all, good to have you. We have a special guest with us tonight, Mark Consiglio, hijinks hockey, joining us here tonight. That is always cool. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, buddy. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to have a new Causeway King, and you're a, a good friend to most all of us here. Definitely Merrill has some history with you. I know I do. Yep. Clance and Gordo will learn to love you. Don't you worry, boys. <laughs> Already do. Mark's a hockey guy, goaltender. So now we got, we got almost a full lineup here. That's right. And the last time we had him on the microphone was at uh, TD Garden. Mark jumped in with me to call the high school games that we did that day for WMEX. So that was super cool, Mark. And the highlight reel is really cool, man. I sent that to you, right? Yeah, yeah. I got to listen to that. That was awesome. Um, the, I couldn't believe the energy in that place for, for high school hockey. Like high school hockey games are always – they're fun to watch. I always love going to like old man hockey early to watch the the, the – uh, high school games and the varsity stuff, but man, um, that place was on fire. It was just electric. It really was. It was quite a time, and whew, can't wait to do it all again. But I'll tell you this, playoffs are abound, and we've got Bruins hockey to break down as well as some surprising shockers so far. We've only gotten a game two of round one so far as of this recording, so boys, let's jump right in. Clance, let's start with you. Which series should we even look at first? You want to jump right in with the bees? Uh, I mean, I, I get obviously we we should just jump into the bees because that's what people are going to want to hear from us. Um, I said it today to some of my coworkers. This is why they play seven games, right? They that's they true. didn't have it. They didn't have a game two, right? Game one. You know, I I think. My 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 viewings of the game is we're we're way more skilled than than Florida, other than you know Matthew Kachuk who who's just an, an animal out there. The bees, in my opinion, are having trouble adapting to how hard and how fast the the Panthers close their gaps on them, which is causing them to just try to force these passes instead of just simplifying their game. But the bees have been able to adjust to any team they play against. I think they're going to be completely fine come Friday night. Um, I still think they're going to take take the series in five. I I do believe that they have to pick up their physicality play, though. I I think we've been out hit both games by an an astronomous number. Um, You know, everyone is talking about, oh, no Bergey, no Bergey, no Bergey. I get it, right? Yeah, he's your captain. I get it. I love Bergeron as much as the next guy. He's not a difference maker for us, though. He, he's not going to go out and put two or three goals in, in the game. He, he's not going to go out and lay a thunderous hit. He's going to lead because he's the leader of the team. I get that. Look at how well we did at the beginning of the season without McAvoy, without uh, Marshawn, right? They're going to adapt. That, that's what the Bees do. They, they learn. They adapt. They had one bad game. But I don't think Allmark is 100%. No, he does not. He seems very uncomfortable on the ice. Um, I think he's got a, something going on with a hip or a groin. Um, he just he doesn't even look relaxed in his stance. You know. Um, again, like I said earlier, this is why we play seven game series in the playoffs, right? Um, they they'll they'll correct their mistakes come, come you know in Florida tomorrow night, and they I think they're going to go up two one in the series. Yeah, I I think I mean my main concern. Um, was just the fact that the the puck management was absolutely terrible. Like I could tell right off when Bertuzzi tried a backhand pass up the middle of the ice that was intercepted, and Lusterinen came down um, on a breakaway, and he, he should have scored. He, he didn't get a good wood on the backhand, but it's like that. Just they're making like plays that you would make like screwing around it, like pick up at Thayer Academy. It's like. You, you guys, they either need to eat, like, the D need to eat the puck or they just need to make simple plays. Like, I, I feel like they're trying to – I don't know if they don't – maybe it's they don't respect Florida and they just think they could do that shit and get away with it. But they got – I mean, it bit them in the rear end because um, 
you know, they, you know, McAvoy had a horrible giveaway. You know, Lindholm, you know, looks like Stanley Shakes now with the puck. Like, he doesn't look comfortable. Like, I feel like they're trying to do too much, and, and I don't feel like they respect their opponent. That's what I feel like because if you did, you wouldn't try that pass or you're overconfident or it's it's some manifestation of that. I also feel like they're getting pushed around a little bit, like you said, Clance, and I, I don't think – all Mark is moving right. I mean, Mark could probably speak to that because he actually plays the position. But I mean, that's just my two cents. The first two two games I've seen. I I feel the same way, Merrill. I mean, I feel like the team came out really flat. Um, that first period and a little bit of the second period felt like a real playoff game finally. But um, All Mark hasn't looked good the last two games, at least from a comfortability position for me he had a lot of hard time that save that he made in the first period last night uh on that kind of sort of breakaway where it was a beautiful save but it took him a long time to get up from that Um, was that the one against barkov yeah that yeah that tells me it's probably a groin um because you can you can always see when goalies go down and they're getting back up um there's kind of a a step that they do and he was having a real hard time putting weight on his uh, on his right leg. So I, I think he's got a groin thing going on and maybe it's nothing bad. Maybe it's just bugging him. but, um, you know, the team, the team itself, I think needs to step up and, and play a little bit better. I don't think they need to change goalies yet unless the injury gets a little worse. Um, I think the third period was a shit show, but I don't think that was anything to do with Omar being injured. I think that had to do with the team just, uh, puking on their skates, but um, you know, they can't, they can't do that kind of flat play now. Uh, and the other thing that I noticed was the Panthers are getting under their skin. They were pulling a lot of that St. Louis blues bullshit from a couple years ago yep. where they were doing all the, the plays behind the refs backs and getting everybody amped up and fired up that the jackass with the beard. I just, I can't stand watching him. He's the guy. Goodness. I love. Oh, goodness. Yep. He's the oh, guy I love to God. hate this series, but, uh, he was doing all that, all that stuff behind the play and um that's the stuff that they're going to call us on because they're looking at our guys especially marshy um but i think that i think that got in their heads a little bit and um i have a feeling montgomery is gonna gonna reset a little bit and get those guys back on track well said well said gordo what's your take on this so far just from your angle on things well boys as i've been trying not to say all season but the playoffs are here, and it, personally, the I, I feel like we were outplayed both games. I think Lions shit the bed game one for Florida. Um, I think that that Marshawn goal in game one kind of changed the dynamic of that game. Um, I think that game could have probably gone either way. I mean, they got outshot, and I feel like they got outplayed. Um, and then that, you know – the bees ended up pulling it off. I think a lot of the commentators were, you know, well, I mean, they didn't play their best game and they were still able to pull it off. And, um, you know, I, I, I agree with that to some regard, but it's, you know, we're at home too. Right. And we're coming off one of the best seasons we've ever had. So, but then going into game two, man, I, you know, I was like, this is it, but I think we're going to, we're going to turn it on, take it to them. You know, we're at home. Go back to Florida, up to zero, and uh, to my surprise, um, they came out really flat. And just Florida, you know, no different than game one. Very consistent with their play. I mean, they don't do anything fancy. I mean, not a lot of puck control, a lot of dump and chase. Um, you know, Gudis, you can love him, hate him. I mean, dude's solid defenseman. He's been around for a long time, and he does a job. Uh, Montour has been really, really solid the last two games. Obviously, last you know game two was a, a big one for him with a couple of nice goals. But um, I just think the physicality, right? Like we've been talking about all season. Like it's you know the the regular season now compared to the playoffs, it's just two different animals. And when you get into the playoffs and it's been kind of like a, you know, the regular season now, it's pretty soft, it's wide open, you know, and I I think it, 
I, I think when you get into the playoffs now, it kind of favors these teams like, like, you know, like Florida, you saw Winnipeg pulled one off the other night, um, Seattle, right. These teams that are, they're solid and they're going to play their ass off and they're going to compete. Um, you know, and then, you know, if you want to go superstar for superstar, I mean, pasta has been pretty much null and void, frustrated, can't get anything going. Not you know, even like, it, it just, it, well, even in like on the, on the power plan stuff, those like those plays and like, you know, they're during the regular season where it was just like, you know, the puck's going to him one time or, you know, it's going in the back of the net, you know, fanning on shots, the pass isn't quite right. You know, the pressure is a little tighter, good stick lanes, um, you know, and, and Kachuk on the other hand, you know, during the regular season, they had pretty similar points, right? And Kachuk has outplayed him a hundredfold, in my opinion. I mean, it, but again, this sort of hockey fits that type of player, right? He's big, tenacious, can skate. He's got skill. He's making plays all over the ice. He's a good leader. I mean, we talked about him being, you know, in the in the running for the MVP, right? He's he's had that good of a season. And you know, and obviously Pims and all that. And, you know, he he's had a he's had a, a just a world class season in my opinion. But I don't know, man. I you know, the Bergeron thing's a little scary as a concussion. They're saying it's upper body. I don't know it's, what the hell it is, but it's his back. You know, you know, we kind of said that too though, right? Can we confirm that uh, what's the source? It, if we go into the playoffs and guys like Bergeron, guys like Krejci, right? Some of the older guys, the vets. I think Marshawn's probably been our best player uh, up front, you know, all around. Um, you know, he's got the speed, he's got the skill, the compete level. I mean, he's been competing both games. Um, but I think our decor is just absolutely killing us, you know, trying to make – you know, dumb plays coming out of her own end. Merrill, like you said, the turnovers. Bertuzzi had a couple of just really bad turnovers in the, in the game yesterday. And, um, you know, that, that score could have been a little bit more lopsided than it, than it even was. So, um, you know, now we're going to Florida. Series tied 1-1. Tough place to play. They beat us a couple times there. So I don't think this is going to be as easy as a cakewalk as everybody thinks it is. So, you know, do the bees still get it done? I think they can, but I think Allmark is going to be that, you know, key piece to this whole thing. And if he's hurt right now, I mean, I, I think that's the first time he's given up six goals in a game this season, you know, where goal scoring is at a premium this year. So, um, you know, I don't know. Me- I I love playoff hockey, baby. I think this is great. So let me ask I, you guys I, this. What do you, if any changes are being made, what do you think gets made? Do you think Grizzly gets, Grizzly gets popped in back on the back six? Well, here's the issue though, right? Like Montgomery is here for one reason, right? The The main reason why Bruce Cassidy is not here is because, I don't know, you look at the other bench, right? Maurice is coaching. He's fucking engaged. He's in the game. He's chirping the refs. Like, he's in it. Montgomery hasn't had to do that all season long. I mean, we've been had such a good team. And, again, it's a regular season, right? Yeah, I think that, obviously, it's the NHL level. I think they're going to make adjustments. They're going to watch film. You know, they're going to talk to the players. But, you know, it's kind of hard to turn around after playing X amount of games, you know, a regular season, and then trying to, like, you know, lay the hammer down on players to kind of like get some, you know, get, get them going a little bit where someone like Maurice has been doing it all kind of all year long. Right. So I, I think the coaching part of it's going to be a little, I don't know. I don't know if Montgomery is like, you know, if he's ready for that limelight yet, you know, first year with the bees, you know, you got, you got a ton of veteran leadership Um, and on the back end, I mean, you know, I don't understand why Grizzly really wasn't in there in the first place. I mean, undersized, maybe that, but I mean, Clifton, you know, you guys know, I love that guy. Just getting beat on pucks all over the place, making dumb plays, kind of look lost at times. And Carlo, the same thing, 
you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, Merrill, Lindholm just doesn't seem comfortable there. And, you know, maybe he's having a little kind of flashback yeah. from last year in the playoffs <laughs> when he got his head taken off. Cause that's how the playoffs are. That's how we play, man. So I, well, their coach has been hurt the last two games. Bergeron's not playing. So, I mean, the reason why I say that is like, why in the world, like Bergeron, honest to God, they probably should have rested him the last few games. Like there was no need for him to play in Montreal. No, I believe that's where the injury happened. Like they, they already had wrapped up every record that there was. There was no need to have him play in that game. And I feel like, yeah, he might not be Patrice Bergeron of like 2013, but he still is valuable. And, and if he's that much of a pulse in the locker room, they do seem a little lost without him. And another thing that I just found frustrating, guys, is how many times I, I said this in the text group. I counted like at least a half dozen times in the last two games where guys have had two on ones and are passing the puck instead of instead of putting the puck on net. And it's got to be a mindset. It's got to be being aggressive. It's like I'm getting this puck to the net, you know, and whether it's McAvoy you know, coming in and, and giving it up on a on a two on one instead of shooting the puck or Taylor Hall or the egregious play by Bertuzzi. I don't know why people aren't talking about that. He had all he has to do is deliver a nice hard pass to McAvoy and he's in going in on a two on one. Remember that at the blue line? They called it an offsides, but he throws this pass that's behind him. I'm like, and even the, I forget who I think it was Brickley who said it. He's like, dude, you don't get that many two on ones and the ones they've had, they've they're I don't know what they're thinking too much. It's like, dude, just put the puck on net. I know it's there was, people say that on probably oh shoot the puck, but legit on a two on one, you gotta get was, a shot on net more when you get there was also there was also a uh, a play where Carlo pinched down, kept the puck in the zone, he back you know, backtracked to the blue line, puck came back to him, he walked to the middle and he went to take like a low hard shot to like the far left pad. Fucking Marshawn is standing there. No one around him. Yes. All, all he had to that. do is literally slide it over, and Marshawn had a one-timer. And if you watch the replay, Marshawn, after they blew a whistle, Marshawn just goes like this. Dude, I saw that too. I'm like – And I, I get what Kyle was trying to do. He was trying to do a low, hard shot off the pad for a rebound for Marshawn. But, dude, when there's not one guy within 11 feet of him, you and there's nobody in your passing lane – and that puck is too. on his stick. It's just like my pass I made to the big Quincy cop during the fucking uh, charity game where he fanned on the fucking one-timer for the tying goal. Now, I wouldn't say it to his face because he's built like a brick fucking shithouse, but what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah, no. I, hey, listen, in that in that situation, especially because, like, Marshan was feeling it that game. You, you could tell he was going. Like, that's a pass you make. Like, if it's a... You know, if if that's Brad Marchand a few games ago, even maybe you don't. But like, but the similar play the Pasak made it was on the power play a few games ago. He made that pass to Marchand. Marchand buries it, kind of gets him going a little bit. Yeah. Like Marchand was buzzing last night. Yeah, they're just yeah, but there wasn't enough guys. You know, there wasn't a, there was it was him and maybe I don't even I can't even think of you know I thought Coyle was okay last night. Um, but See, I thought his enough. I thought his line was the best line. Definitely, they had the, they had the most chances. They they were the most effective line all night in the ice, in my opinion. The problem the problem is their decor, which is you know Lindholm and McAvoy are, are killing them right now. And um, you know, that's, but here's, I mean, I never thought I'd say that they need to play better. They can't see. This is the thing that that's a positive is that they can play better now. You know, we'll see how it all – like, I think Grizzlick in the lineup, I think that's probably going to happen. Um, I think I, I think you're going to see Forbert out. Yeah. Well, because you know, here's the thing. he's just coming he, off that injury. He's, he's coming probably, off that injury. He missed, what, 14, 15 games and only played in, like, two easily. or three. And now – and, like, Gordo, like you mentioned earlier, everyone knows that playoff hockey speed increases by probably 60%. Last night, he was like a fucking de- – like, he didn't know what to do. He was looking all over the place. He was looking behind him. Like, it, it's That's hard for a guy who's missed so much time. You get dropped into a situation like that. It's similar to a guy who's been scratched for like the whole, for a, a long time, and then you, they drop him in, even if he's on the fourth <laughs> line. You can tell he's like a fish out of water. They did yep. that with uh, 
Chris Wagner last year, even. And it was like, you know, it's the same. I just think if, if you take, if you take Forboard out and you put Grizzly in, now you've got McAvoy undersized. You've got Grizzly undersized. You've got Clifton undersized. I mean, granted, strong players, good skaters, like, you know, they can hold their own for sure, but, but you know, and, but then you're playing against guys like Kachuk, Barkoff. These guys are monsters and they're skilled and they're going to beat the shit out of you, you know, and they're, I mean, like I said, I mean, I think a couple things. One, the Bruins just came off one of the best seasons ever in NHL history, right? So the expectation, and it's Boston, right? So the expectation to win and to, like, not lose <laughs> early in the playoffs is very high. So these guys are on, under some pressure, obviously. And like you alluded to, Merrill, the chirping last night, you know, there was some in game one, right? But Gudis is that type of guy. They've got some other guys that are bugs. Kachuk never shuts the fuck up. Like that Lombard kids a pain in the ass too. Yeah, but you mean you know one? I thought the refereeing last night with that shit towards the end of the game, like you know they should. And I think the the commentators were even alluding to it, like you know, come on, man, let's let's drop the puck, let's get this move in. Like I don't know what they were doing half the time, but the more that shit kept getting going on, the more it was kind of like I don't know. I I was saying advantage Florida on that one. Like they were talking shit. You could tell the Bruins are frustrated, you know, especially after, you know, yeah, they pulled off game one, but you know, they got beat up a little bit. They got outplayed and then come back game two and they get, they get pumped and, you know, the chirping's going and, you know, the Bruins could just couldn't respond to anything going on. So again, I think, I think game three is going to be a bloodbath. So, Mm -hmm. you know, putting Grizzly in, I don't know if that, you know, I would, I mean, Forbert, yeah, I get it. Like, he's going to make mistakes out there, but he's a big body. He can handle the physicality. He's going to make simple plays. I mean, look, you look at Florida. break the puck out. That's the thing, though, Gordo, too. Like, I agree with what you're saying. Believe me, if you could put Matt Grizzlick's puck handling skills in Derek Forbert's body, then, yeah, it's just, you know, it's like the chicken or the egg, you know. I mean, do, if you watch Florida's defense, man, they, they you know, puck retrieve if they're getting pressured they're just pulling the pin on it you know or up off the glass like even they didn't really make any you know they didn't do anything fancy yesterday zero how many times did they flip just flip the puck out of the zone yeah yep do you go back like that that's what i'm saying they they didn't do anything that was you know mind-blowing in the game where you're like wow like they're just really clicking they just made simple plays they were physical and, you know, they capitalize on their opportunities. They just frustrated the shit out of Boston. So, mm-hmm. and when you, you know, I mean, Ed, Edmonton won last night, but McDavid's got one point in two games. Unheard of. Yeah, Pasta, he just is, you can just tell he's just deflated. He just can't get anything going. You know, yeah, we're still early in it. Like, you know, and the series is tied. But unless those guys get out of the funk that they're in a little bit, this could get ugly. So I, I know if, yeah, if they lose this series, I'm gonna be a Kraken fan. I, I'm <laughs> leaving the pod. He's already got the jersey, folks. Don't try him. <laughs> but, hey, but but on a side note, Toronto's up three nothing right now in Tampa Bay. No after way. One. No, they're oh, not. Yeah. Stop it. Yep. You're lying. Stop with your fairy tales. Your fairy uh, tales, Clance. They're not up three nothing. I'd show you with my computer, but I have no pants on. Um, I believe you. Right now, don't. I believe you. No pants on, or I'd show you with my computer. That's why they call him No Pants Clans. That's right. Is he lost tonight, though? I lost him in the razor blade showers we took down to the fucking Dunkin' Donuts Center. (laughs) (laughs) They were shredded, is what they were. Did you guys hear the? Did you guys hear the hot mic stuff from last night? Yes, I did. I need to be a. I need to be a part of that. I, I have no idea what – I mean, I don't know if if uh, Kachuk – I don't know if those guys know Nosik's wife or mom or whoever, but they were calling somebody a whore. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, it, was it was It was really bad. And, and, of course, it's all on national broadcast because dude's just right there in the middle of it. 
and he's just trying his best to keep talking, but he's like a, trying to listen while he's talking. You can tell. By the way, <laughs> Ray Ferraro makes me fucking yearn for Pierre Maguire. Ray Ferraro is absolutely terrible in that spot. They got to get rid of him. So bad. So yeah. bad. I got to tell you, I mean, you guys listen to the um, the New York Fire and uh, New York Police thing from Spitting Chicklets. Yeah, that was beautiful. Dude, Br- bring in fucking the wit dog to be between the benches because he was unbelievable. I thought they did a great job on that. Just like yeah. the promotion, the marketing for it. Unbelievable, e- man. Even the play-by-play, like those two guys up in the in the press box was, I thought they did an awesome job. Oh, absolutely. So, Biz Biz was calling those fights pretty good. Yeah. Biz, Biz they, they, there was they, a lot they, they were awesome. Oh my god, man. They they there, beat there, the living fuck. There Ooh. was a, there was a couple heavyweight ones. Those are some some good scraps. Yep. Every time I play in a uh or not anymore, but when I had in the past, anytime there's a cop team or a fire team involved, or a sheriff's team for that matter, you know it's gonna get messy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna, yeah. The, the, there's a little uh, accidentally on purpose going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So that was uh that was a tough game to watch last night. So, but again, but that's why we play seven. The night before, <laughs> if you guys, I, I know I had put it out on the group text because I was all about watching the Rangers game. Did you guys get a chance to watch that? I watched bits and pieces of it. I think they're they're probably on. They're probably they're playing tonight as well. Yeah, I think they're on right now. I got that DVR too. I got them all DVR. Uh, Well, I know I know Tampa's missing Hedman tonight. I think he was out. I think he's injured. And then, um, but that that Devils Rangers game, game one, man, holy shit! You know, Devils got worked a little bit. But that team is going to be really fucking good in the future. Jack Hughes is – he's young, but that kid was on a different level, like in the speed that they have. But the Rangers are just holy smokes. Yeah. They're they're, – Stay out of the penalty box. Yeah. Their power play is just – their two power plays are just lights out, man. They were just – you know, tonight's going to be a good game. Yeah, is, I, um, I, I got zero Luke, zero right now. Have they put Luke Hughes in the lineup yet? I know he played towards the end of the season, but I don't know um, if he's. Did you see his game winning goal? <laughs> I did, I did. Holy I don't think shit. he's. I don't think he's uh, dressed for playoffs. So he he's that kid is the real deal. If they make yeah. a run, he'll probably get in. I, I almost feel like after watching that game. They're like, I could easily see the winner of that series in the Eastern Conference final. I mean, those teams are freaking loaded. The speed and like, I, I just feel like right now it's the Rangers time. You know what I mean? Just the way that they're constructed. Some of the battles they've been through. I believe they were, weren't they in the Eastern Conference final last year? Not last year, but uh, the, um, the bubble. Within the last couple of years, yeah. Well, it was the bubble year. It was one year. But they they've been they've been on the common they've been on the cusp they've added some veteran pieces who are looking to win, um, you know and then you know if you're projecting whoever wins that series is playing the Islanders who can't fucking score they're like me out there playing men's league. They Unless they try to we talk about you had the tying goal man. Oh, yeah. I had the tying goal. Yeah. Did you guys see the, their own goal though? Yeah, forehand, backhand, top cheese, dangled a couple guys like McDavid at the blue line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I just I, Carolina, you know, they just I feel like the Svechnikov injury is real telling, and, and Ranta never stays healthy in net. So like, I just feel like whoever wins that Devils Rangers series is going to be in the in that Eastern Conference yeah. final. They're just well, Carol, they're just Carol, weirdly Carolina is leading two zero. The series Svechnikov is out, Pacioretty's out, and uh, Tara Vinen got hurt yesterday. Broke his hand. Oh, yeah, so man. I think he, I think he's out for the rest of the series. So yeah, that's what they were saying. I mean, shut down. Yeah, I mean, I, still some life left there for the Islanders, but um, you I know, same thing you. though. Carolina's fucking tough to play against, man. Yep, they don't have any super superstars. 
They just nope. play hard, heavy hockey. You get the best beard on the best beard on the back end ever. Hey, how long before you think Marshawn grabs fucking Gudis's fucking beard and just fucking yanks him? Hopefully tomorrow. Rip that fucking thing off. I thought oh, he was gonna uh, do it last night. When when Gudis is has on his face. When Gudis was raping him for like three minutes straight in one shift, I literally thought at one point Marshawn was gonna rip his beard off. Would have yeah. been unbelievable if he did. Should have. I thought he was yeah. going to pull a Ty Domi when he stuck a punch Dolph Samuelson. You guys remember that? Yeah. He just yep. turned around and fucking decked him, and he was unconscious on the ice. But um, that's a you could tell you could him. you could tell that he wanted to. He couldn't, but because they got the power play there, he was like, you know, just he was pissed. He's also their best player. Like he can't. Like Marshan ten years ago, with the t- the way the team was constructed, he would definitely do that. But he he's too valuable. I I feel like he would he would have licked his beard and found leftover Cheetos in there. <laughs> horrifying, horrifying. Ugh. Um, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the uh, cheese beard. No, bunting? the the bunting suspension. Oh, sit him down. I... Write him up. Book him. Really. Dude, I mean, he, you don't have there, to look at a guy and be like, oh, he's right there. Honestly, that, hit was, like. that hit was no more bad than the fucking hit Dumba put on Pavelski. Uh, I, Dumba, like I think they were two different hits. Uh, Pavelski I don't had think... the puck. Chernak never touched the puck. That was I, I, I get that, right. but I don't think it's I don't think it's a three game suspension hit. And if you watch the replay of Dumba's hit. Dumba left his feet a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, at the end of the at the end of the day, though, that's still like Pavelski is still in that window where he's eligible to be checked. It wasn't like the uh, the yeah, uh, but Merrill, leaving leaving your feet is illegal. That is correct. Oh, absolutely. But no, with, with or without the puck, leaving your feet is an illegal hit. Yeah, I don't think it's suspendable. Like, I mean, I just think the league. Honest to God, the league, if the league doesn't fucking like you, they're going to throw the book at you. That was a Marshand-esque kind of suspension, though. I thought he'd get a game, maybe two, but I think they just fucking hate the kid. And they were looking at, they were, they, if you had listened to, and I, I, sometimes I listen to different podcasts, and Toronto, the, the fans of Toronto, the podcast, they were saying that, like, this had kind of been building with him because he, he, he was uh he got a lot of diving penalties. He got a lot of penalties in general. And they had a chance to throw the book at him and they fucking took full advantage of it. Um plus they had some other crazy conspiracies about how uh did Wes McCauley was married to uh David Frost's sister. You know David, you know you know who that is? So the whole Sheldon Keith. David Frost was the agent for that guy, Mike Danton, who ended up going to prison. He, he was also Sheldon Keefe's agent. There's some chief testified. The, the fucking him. information and knowledge you come up with is Dude, completely mind-boggling. You know, I, I you know that guy that was married to my, my fucking wife's I drive, fourth cousin, you know sister's brother's cousin? For my job? I drive <laughs> so fucking long for my job. I got to pass the time. I don't. I want to listen to fucking news, so I listen to hockey podcasts. But make a long story short, Bunting, on the road again. <laughs> Bunting, Bunting's a he's a weasel, and he they 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 threw the book at him because of that. Basically, he's a Martian light. He's a weasel, but he's a top six guy for Toronto. So for Toronto, that kind of sucks. But yeah, you know, I mean, they got Nyes in the lineup now for him. That's interesting. The kid from Minnesota. Yeah, it's unreal. He's living with Tavares. Yeah, all I that. like that move. Tavares seems like a uh, an honest, straight up guy. I, you know, don't ask an Islanders fan that, but he seems like a pretty good guy. Um, guys, another series. Seattle up one nothing against the defending Cup champs. Yeah, yeah wow. Semi shocked with that. I mean, they were a little bit of a sleeper, but they made it in. They uh, they made the points and they made it happen and. Plenty of local uh, Massachusetts and South Shore talent on that team. So, you know, whether you like them or hate them, it's, it's still pretty cool for the area just to see those players doing well. You know, Matty Beneers, you get Donato out there. And, yep. I, I mean, it's it's pretty cool, I think. And I, I know it doesn't – I know it's not legit, but uh, NHL 23 predicted Kraken Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals. 
That would be creepy. That'd be a wild one. <laughs> I don't even know. That'd oh, be awesome. Uh, you know, one thing I didn't think of, Grubauer used to, didn't he used to play for the Avalanche? He was yeah. their cup champion. Yeah. yeah. Not Grubauer, no. Kemper was. Kemper, yes, Kemper. Grubauer, I believe, did play for Colorado, but he was more of a backup role when he was there. No, I think he signed as a free agent. So, I mean, there's, there's a little motivation there. And Seattle's defense is probably one of the most underrated decoys. They're freaking humongous. Remember they played that great game against the Bruins and shut them out this year. Like yep. Susie's, they're just – they're very similar to like Carolina's D. They're just like Carolina and the New York Islanders. They're long. They have good sticks. They're not like big name guys, but they just play so well together. They can just frustrate the shit out of you. And I think that's mm-hmm. what they did to Colorado. Yeah. And the Colorado's a little – they got some guys hurt, so – you know, I don't know. That's going to be it. again. It's the, the playoffs, right? Yeah, it's anything can happen, man. You so, think you know, healthy? In your opinion, guys, looking no. at him, no, no, he's had he's had a bit of a down year this year. He's, he's so, yeah. So it's a uh, sport will do yeah. it to you. I mean, everybody knows hockey plays a warrior. Just ask what's his name from the Winnipeg Jets who took. 75 stitches stitches my god so lucky i mean when you look at the replay too it's like um dude you might want to ooh, and it's still in his face oh lord he's like skeleton he he almost scalped himself it was like when taylor hall got stepped on and uh when he was playing edmonton got stepped on during warm-ups no bucket by one of his teammates no bucking literally fucking sliced his whole face open right here i remember seeing that I mean, he's. I saw that real time, and uh, Chandler Stevenson, who was right behind him, like normally, like if a guy's around the net, he's like cross checks the shit out of him. He saw it and he grabbed him, and he's like, "Are you okay? Holy fuck!" And he like motioned. He's like, "Yeah, dude, this guy needs help." Like yeah. that was that was you know, it, it's amazing it doesn't happen more often with all the scrums in front of the net and pileups and you know even fights when they go down. Like the the referees got to get in there, like. It's amazing it doesn't happen more often. I I was shocked that it was a goalie skate that did it because I haven't sharpened my goalie skates in, since before COVID. These guys now sharpen them every single game. I used to have mine be completely dull, and uh, as soon as I saw that happen, I was like, "Oh, that's not going to be bad. That's not going to be too bad." And then you just saw it, and uh, it, it's amazing that it wasn't worse than than. So was that your reasoning a few weeks ago? What was my reasoning? I thought I did. I thought I did just fine. You, you did. You did very well. You did better than the other guy. I got. I got shocked. Uh, I got shocked by one of the shots. So, in in all fairness, in this game that we were in two weeks ago, uh, the other team had a lot of really older looking folks who had some incredible slap shots that shocked me um, the first time one of those guys came around. So for for you know. Uh, Clancy and Merrill so, will, will vouch was, for that. Was Clancy playing defense? I didn't see Clancy the whole time. <laughs> it was it was busy taking the puck the other way. That's <laughs> fucked up. That's fucked up. But as Just everyone saying, knows, buddy. Just saying. But but Gordo, first of all, men's league hockey. It's it's just a known fucking rule. No matter what level it is, you don't take slap shots. You just don't. And I don't wear a cage. I don't wear anything on my face. This is all I got going for me right now. Right? No, I'm put not, it away. Put it away. I'm not <laughs> I'm not blocking shit. Okay. They got three grand worth of fucking gear on. Let it go to work. Yeah. But Mark, I didn't tell you this. So I, I got payback on the other goalie because I decided to come down on one one shift and let one fucking rip right off his face. Yeah, well, I did you it. saw they got payback on that too. You saw what they did to our other goalie. So we split. Yeah, they they, they scored. <laughs> well, no, we we split the game with uh, another of our Canton League uh, goalies, uh, Alex. Right, Merrill. Yeah, yeah. And the guy that scored on me, the older guy with the with the heavy slap shot, came down, took a slap shot right off Alex's, like literally right off the center of his cage, and it broke his mask like the cat's eye piece that comes around broke off the rest of his cage. 
from oh, that man. one shot. So, and the referee comes over to me and he's like, that fucking kid just took a 90 mile an hour slap shot off the dome. And it, it shook him up a little bit, but like, you know, like Clancy's saying, these guys are winding up and taking blue liner shots. Um, it, so we have, we have all the equipment on. So if I take the shot, which I always want to do anyway, it's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Maybe you get one of those, you know, those breaks in your gear or whatever. Those are rare. But if a guy like Clancy takes one off the chiclets, that's going to be an ambulance ride right there. Oh, yeah. Your situation, yeah. I, but, I tell you. Go, go ahead, ahead Merrill. No, no, I was just I, I was going to say, I was just going to say, we need to bring them. We got to go the nuclear option. We got to bring Gordo to the next one. So, no, yeah. go, go ahead, Clance. If guys, so, if guys, are taking, if guys are taking slap shots, the minute they wind up, I'm skating to the corner, dude. Like, what you, that's why you couldn't find me, Gordo. I ain't blocking shots, bro. <laughs> no, so Mark, what I was gonna say is, so when I came down and I I let an absolute fucking missile go, and I hit the goalie right in the fucking like right in the plastic thing, like right here, and I yeah. felt bad. I'm like that. I don't I don't like hitting goalies in the head. Like that's not right. Like I felt bad. So before the puck drop, I went over. I was like, hey man, I, I'm sorry. I mean, he looked at me, and said, "Fuck off." Wow. You so I looked at him. So I look at him. I was like, "All right, so this this is the road we're gonna go down right now, right?" So whenever yeah. I got the chance, I did what I could to buzz his fucking tower. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was screening the goalie. He, he sat one right by me. The decision yeah. was made. Oh, uh, I was. It was. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, fuck off, dude! Like, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to come over. I not mean to let one rip off your fucking skull. Ben, but if that's how is... you're gonna be." <laughs> Ben, this is exactly why we need to be doing more of the hockey hijink stuff so that we can add commentary to this beer league bullshit stuff and uh, and show the world that there's some entertainment out there in these these D level games. Because man, my my family, my my mom, who hasn't seen me play since I was in high school, my and my two daughters came out and they were they were chirping me after the game. They were they were talking about what all the fans. I mean, it was. It was kind of amazing that all these people came out just to witness some D-level guys skating around, you know, being goofballs like we are here. And uh, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how some of these some of these things around, uh, you know, the South Shore or really all of Massachusetts, uh, if we're able to actually drop in on some of these and do our little special brand of commentary on them, not unlike a game like we just had, it'd be fucking hilarious. I, oh. I completely agree, and I look forward to uh, the next time we can get out there and do it. Because, I mean, if you level, man, we could come to level. We, yeah, we're starting to level. level. I mean, so, technically, technically, couldn't we even mic up one of the players out there? Oh, yeah, so, dude, I want to be the guy that gets technically. Mic'd up. <laughs> hey, Clancy just got a fucking priapism, man. When he said that, he's ready to rock. Dude, I will up my chirp game like there's no tomorrow. We'll be I, uh, live to the ice level. Here's a gentleman like, in progress. It's class. About guys, wives, and shit. <laughs> I would, I would, wow. dude, I would, I literally would skate up to a guy in a face off and I'd be like, hey, how's it going? Good. That's good. That's good. Hey, I, can you do me a favor? Can you say hi to your wife and my kids for me? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Hand I heard about your wife. I know, I know. So, something like that. Yeah. Oh Lord. Boys, we got a we got a break in the Devils uh Rangers game. One nothing Devils. Yeah. Uh oh. Wow. Oh boy. Giddy up now. I'm yeah. enjoying this a lot. Um, again, you're listening to Causeway Kings here on the WMEX Sports Radio Podcast Network, whatever you happen to be listening or watching. On or with, uh, I think we're going to end up in the Abington Cam studio again pretty soon, guys. Mark, you should absolutely join us live for that one if you can. Uh, 100%. It's a good time, and I know our executive producer, Kevin Tachi, was asking me for another date to get in there. So, boys, let's make that happen. Um, we got lots more to go over, certainly. We got to talk about this Minnesota and Dallas series. That has been absolute fireworks. Uh it was a six major penalties handed out at the end of last night's game. And Jake Ottinger has been outstanding. And uh, it, it's Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson trying their best out there. But, whew, boys, have you caught any of that series? I have. But I don't mean to cut anybody off, but I, I just saying, I watched game one, um, saw the 
saw the Pavelski hit live. Um, you know, thought it might have been it was borderline for sure, but I thought it was a clean hit at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, that's been a back and forth series. Um, there's a you can see that like Minnesota's got some tough, big physical human beings like. Like that Marcus Felino, he's got like he literally has like two bricks for fists. Like if, if you ever seen him fight and how he plays, like he's looking at he's just looking to smash you. And um, you know, that Minnesota wants to drag him in the alley. They got some skill, you know, Boldy and, and Johansson, like I said on the last podcast, have chemistry, but like I, I think it's just gonna come down to like Dallas has guys with a lot of skill, young players. Um, and I think they responded well in kind. Like I was wondering how Robertson was going to respond after seeing Pavelski get absolutely smushed like a bug on the ice. And, um, you know, he responded, Hintz responded, um, Wyatt Johnson got on the board. So like, that's going to be a hell of a series. Like if, if I had to pick any series in the Western conference, I wanted to see go seven, that would probably be the one. Cause I don't know if any anybody's going to be left standing by game seven, the way they're playing at this rate. Yeah, It's definitely the most physical series out of all playoff hockey right now. It's like 1993 hockey. It feels like, like it, it definitely has that feel of like that speed skill, but also like somebody will just take your head off in a moment's notice. That's right. Because it's the most wonderful time of the year. And no, I'm not talking about Christmas folks. It's playoff time. And legitimately, somebody asked me the other day, oh, what are you doing tomorrow night? Da, 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 da. I said, I have no idea. Hockey's on, so probably that. That is just yeah, a standard answer. Matter. Standard answer, boys. I'm sure you guys are all the same. Well, see, no, my, I- my, wife, my wife's loving it right now that we're recording because she's like, great, I don't have to watch hockey, and I can watch <laughs> my trashy fucking Bravo TV. So I think but- if she had her her way, we'd be recording every night. Yeah, right. She's like, you guys should be doing the podcast more, Adam, you know? But I love, you know, I wanted, I love it. I love it. You do no, that really I wanted, well. I, I wanted to get you guys because somebody at my work brought this up and I said it on the on the text. So I'm just teed up for you guys. Uh, unlike Tyler Bertuzzi passed it to McAvoy last oh. night. Uh, like, so one of the, my coworkers was watching the Tampa um, Toronto game, game two. Uh, was it game two? Yeah. Game. Uh, no game one. Game one. And a uh, bunch of guys get injured on the back end. And he's like, how come they can't just rearrange the lineup and just have a couple of forwards go back or have a forward go back and play D. And um, he's like, they do it on the power play. Why can't they just do it during five on five? And uh, I thought about it, and I'm like, this would be a good question to bring up on the pod and let you guys kind of dissect it. All right. Well, let's do that. Why does that not happen more often? Well, I mean, obviously, it's not against the rules for it to happen, as we all know that. Um, But typically, they just respect the position a little bit more than that. Unless a guy jumps up and gets caught off the D-line, I can't imagine too many other situations where you would just switch positions like that. I mean... Clance, you're a D-man. I mean, uh, Gordo, we're going to – actually, Gordo, Clance, just talk. Let's go to you for this one first. Uh, your take on this one. You, uh, me or Clance? You. You. He, ben, Benny, Benny just fucking shut me off like a goddamn bartender. <laughs> well, I we say this all the time, with a, especially at the youth level, right? Hockey is a unique sport. It's one of the only sports that you actually go backwards a lot. Um. So playing that position, I mean, and most of those guys at that level, like, yeah, some of them, you know, you know, I, I played defense my whole career up until um, probably my sophomore year in high school. And then I got made into a forward. So a little different transition, but, you know, going, I, I would say for a guy that has played forward most of his career and his life, to go back and play that position. There's, there's so many like little nuances to it. And, you know, obviously the, the main one, you know, you skating backwards, most of the game, um, you know, not saying that some of these guys couldn't do it if they had to, but you know, that's why they've got, they've got those, the reserve players and the, you know, and the wings getting ready to get pulled into action if they need to. Um, 
you know, I think it's a good thing, you know, you'll see it obviously some power play stuff. You'll see some, some units and some teams they'll throw a, they'll throw a forward back and just roll with one defense D man. But, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's, it's, I, I guess the only way I could really explain it is that you would have to kind of just experience it for yourself. You know, like it's, I, I, you know, I guess if you're playing men's league and you jump back on D and you don't really know what you're doing, that's one thing. But when you're playing at that level and, you know, it's, it's just, a, it's just, you know, I guess it's like other sports, right? It's you playing football and you've been a, you know, linebacker your whole life and they want you to go, you know, Play on the other you. side of the ball, <laughs> they want to. They want you to go on the other side of the ball and start running routes and catching balls. It, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be a fish out of water. So kind of, kind of similar to that. Like it's, it's just a, it's a unique position. You know, um, I think all, you know, forwards is unique. D is unique. Obviously, goalies a unique position. Um, but it's, uh, it's just one of those things there. It's, it's it's very tough to transition and be asked to step into that sort of a role <laughs> and have someone like Connor Mc, I mean, guys that have been playing defense their whole life and they have Connor McDavid coming at them. That's a tough, that's a tough task right there. Yep. So imagine being a forward your whole career and having to skate backwards and <laughs> try to defend Connor McDavid probably wouldn't go well. That's, an, so, that's why I, it's a, a great guy recently, like Dustin Buffalo. And that's why what he did, 2010 was so incredible and you know what i mean like yeah but we'll do both also brett burns was a forward exactly and then yeah. when he turned pro he became a defenseman and i'm not saying it it can't happen it, i i played with a kid in I, at providence he was a recruited walk-on uh out of culver military academy he was a forward he was six foot 180 pound kid came back sophomore year, put on some muscle and asked coach to play defense. And he signed with Washington at Christmas. So playing with Yager and Bondra, not, not too bad, but, um, wow, you know, made a right yeah, like, good cut, <laughs> you know, but for some guys, it's, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a, you know, a better fit for the type of player they are. Right. And if, and if you're a, a efficient skater, you know, yeah, you're going to have to to work on different things, you know, that you would as a forward, but it, it's it's doable, but you have to put some time and effort into it. So just to be like get thrown in, you know, get thrown to the wolves and be like, hey, I need you to jump back and play defense for a period <laughs> would be like a, a, t- a tough task at the NHL level. That's right. Oh, well, Gordo, I appreciate the forward defense perspective. That is an awesome take. And now we're going to turn it over to the D-man. It's Clance back on that blue line. Clance, how, what's your take on this, and how do you answer Merrill's question now? Yeah, so I, I'm kind of in the same boat as Gordo. I started off as a forward my whole career, and then my sophomore year, um, my my high school coach uh, was like, hey, he pulled me aside one day after practice, like, listen, you're you're like a, a you know a rabid pit bull in the corners on the on the ozone. He's like, we, we need in you know intensity and, and muscle and strength back on D. Would you have any interest? And I was like, you know what? Like if I'm able to do both positions, it's only going to help my team, right? Um, I, I think that's if you have that ability to do so, it's a benefit for you and your team. But at at the NHL level. It's a little more different. These guys are getting paid to play a specific position to do a specific do- job, right? Are the Edmonton Oilers going to pay Connor McDavid twelve million dollars to play a period of defense? No, they're not. Like it, it's a now you know, like Gordo said, power plays and whatnot. No, like, that's a different scenario, right? Because you're you're up one guy, you're increasing your odds to score a goal, right? On a power play, the other team's not as aggressive in pursuing the puck. They're playing more of a conservative type of style of game. You know, we call either the diamond or the box. Everyone loves to play in the box. Um, you know, and it's increasing the odds to score. So having a forward or two back on the blue line during a power play is not that bad of an option. But in a five-on-five scenario, when you're playing against Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, and Zach Hyman. 
you, you kind of want your best defenseman out there, right? So, I mean, it, it is a hard transition, right? Look at, at Brian Boyle. When Brian Boyle was at BC his senior year, they tried to convert him into a defenseman halfway through. And then he went, you know, he's in, the, if you know, everyone remembers, he lost, they lost a national championship game and he was playing defense. And I love Brian to death, but a scenario like that, he's not understanding the, the ability to play a one-on-one at that type of level. Right. And he got beat and they went in and scored and they lost a national championship goes to Manchester in the AHL for the Kings team started out as a defenseman. And then they realized this isn't what, what, what he's here for. And they switch him back to forward. So it's and he has a 15 at that year career. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Had a 15 year career, you know, just an all around solid, probably one of the best PK guys ever to play the, you know, in the NHL. It, it's, it's a very hard transition. It's not just like, Hey, uh, Gordo, I know you've been playing center for the last, you know, 15 seasons for us, but Hey, can you go back and play D next season for me? It's not that easy. That's like yeah. asking Tom Brady to go be a fucking tight end or a cornerback. They call you know, it, it tackle. It's, yeah, it's or, it's not it's not that easy. It's easier said than done. True that. Again, it's a it's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it, and you know, gap control, angles, footwork. Like, it's just not a you know. Again, these guys are all high level skaters. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a. I don't know. Granted, Connor McDavid did beat half his team in a race skating backwards. Yeah, that, that is yeah. off the record, sir. We're not counting that against his teammates. Now, I want I want to hear one more angle on that. Now, Mark, on your side as a goaltender, why would you prefer the defensemen stay on defense instead of these forwards dropping back and getting all up in your grill? He's gonna shit on me right here. I know he is. I'm not going to shit on you, Merrill. I, I honestly think Merrill is a better um, defensive forward than he is an offensive defenseman, if that makes sense. Fair. Um, Let the record show. I, I, I mean, I typically like to see the defense. Um, I really like to partner with one D-man and then have the other one be – the puck mover, the, you know, the corner guy, the one who's going in and out. I, I kind of pair myself up with, with one D man per line really. And, um, and I like to communicate with that person and have that be the person that's maybe going to, you know, stay back. I don't necessarily have major problems if there's a, if there's a, a play happening and the whole team is up in the other, in the offensive zone and all of a sudden there's a mistake or there's a bad pass or something. And there's a, you know, a, a breakaway or a two on none or something like that. I don't uh, panic in those situations. And as long as the D are, are back checking and trying to get back to help me with the second, third, fourth save, um, I don't have a lot of problem with that, making that first one or poking. So, um, for me, having forwards come back and try to play D, um, I'll tell you the number one fucking thing that happens, Ben, is they keep, the, they try to use their stick to block shots and they end up tipping them in on me. Um, they're not using their feet. They're not getting out of the way. They're just programmed to, to try to touch the puck with their stick. So, um, I, I prefer if they just sit on the blue line and wait for me or the defenseman to, to try to clear the puck out and then they run with it. I can dig it. That makes sense to me. Well, Merrill, I, I hope these explanations have uh, fully answered the question, and uh, I do hope this sheds some new light for our listeners on uh, the perspective of defense and the importance of a good back check. And, heck, why not a good forecheck? Because, you know, best defense is a good offense. Am I right, boys? Am I right? right. Absolutely. Just saying. Just saying. We are uh, coming up to almost time, so let's go ahead and spin through uh, final thoughts and predictions on the series as we make our way uh, moving up through Game 2, Game 3 coming up. Uh, and let's uh, start with our guest. We'll start with Mark on this one, and we'll move through Clance, Gordo, and Merrill. Uh, honestly, the only series I really care about in the early rounds is the Bruins. Um, I always thought they were going to go – I didn't think it was going to be a sweep – I've always had six games kind of in mind. I think we would, I think we're going to take it there. Um, 
which is sometimes sweeter than winning it at home. Um, but I do, I do think it's going to be a battle. I think there's going to be some back and forth. I definitely think we'll take a game, if not both in Florida. Um, I, I respect that team, what the Panthers are. I respect Paul Maurice as a coach. I just, um, I just feel like when we're firing on all cylinders, we're going to fucking destroy them. So, um, uh, I call Bruins in six and it's going to be a battle. I can dig that. I can dig it. Clance, you're up next, buddy. No, I, I agree with Mark. Uh, I still think they're going to take it in five. Um, I, I think the Bruins are going to, you know, take t- take today and and the you know I believe they flew out last night after the game. Um, you know, talk about what the adjustments they need to make, work on it today at a practice, and most likely pregame skate tomorrow. Again, I said it earlier. This is why they play seven game series in the playoffs, and not one and done. Um, they're going to make the proper adjustments. They, 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 you know, they didn't end up as the best team in the league for no reason, right? Um, I, I think Allmark is going to be on a very tight leash. Um, he, like, you know, like we talked about earlier, he's not moving as smoothly as he typically does. He's got something going on. I, I think if he struggles like he did last night, I think you may see Swainman at some point. To be honest with you, um, but keep stay away from the bullshit. Pick up the physicality play. Give it back to them. You know, um, stay out of the box and, and just get, get under lion skin. Right, cause some havoc in front of his net. Let let just shoot get just get the puck to the net. One thing I've always noticed is the Bruins always, always try to make that like extra pretty little pass, right? Instead of just shooting the puck in the net. Like look at Marshawn's goal the other night, right? It was a fucking muffin. And it went in. An absolute muffin. It looked like Merrill shooting out there to get the take you know game time wow. goal two weeks ago. Absolute muffin. But hey, it was effective and went in. Um Get traffic in front of the kid, right? Um, but again, I think it's going to be a battle here on out, and I think the bees are going to take it in five. Good call. I, I think we can all agree with something close to that. Gordo, my friend, your final thoughts on this episode? Yeah, I think we got to take a little page out of the Florida's uh, playbook and. Like Adam just said, I mean, traffic in front. I, I just think we got they have, they got to keep it simple, play simple, play hard. Traffic in front of Lion, like you know, there was none of that the other night. Um, you know, passing on opportunities in the playoffs, you shot opportunities, great A's. I think you know, like Clance just alluded to, it's you know, trying to make those pretty passes. Like it, it's again, it's not the regular season. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to be devil's advocate on this one. Um, you know, obviously I would like to see the Bruins move on advance and, and move on. Um, you know, I think Allmark, like I said, in the beginning, I, I think that's going to be a big piece for us um, and the success going forward. Good news is if he is not a hundred percent, I'm okay with Swayman, right? He's gotten some games this year. He's been successful. He can play at this level. Um, you know, probably it'll be a little bit of a shock for him to to get in there and have to kind of take the reins. But, you know, I think the team is comfortable with him too. So, um, you know, be interesting to see what happens with Bergeron, whether or not he comes back this series. Uh, I'm kind of hoping he does. Um yeah, I don't think maybe on the the point side, but just you know having that leadership on the ice, obviously you can still get it done in the faceoff dot, um, and you know just having that presence, um, you know on the bench, I think is huge. Um, I think Merrill said it best. <laughs> Coach Bergeron is when he's not on the bench, I think you know things start going a little sideways. Uh, but I think it's going to be a great series. I think it might go seven, to be honest. Um, likelihood that Florida continues to play lights out the rest of the series. I mean, could happen, but, you know, I, I just think the Bruins, you know, with their depth, you got a ton of veteran leadership there. So, um, you know, I think it, I think it, it could go the distance, but I'm still going to give the nod to the bees. 
And uh, just quick to update, you got Leafs up now four to one, Lightning. Wow. And uh, in, in the second period, and you've got the Devils still leading 1-0 into the first. So uh, can't wait to jump off here, jump on TV and watch these games. And uh, I can't wait. I mean, we got plenty more playoff hockey to come. So I'm, I'm in my glory right now, boys. It's a beautiful thing. I know. I know. It brings a tear to the eye. It's beautiful. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I, Merrill disappeared. I mean, yep. I, th- I think we all know Merrill's final thoughts are probably similar to his initial thoughts, which are uh, Bruins got to pick it up a little bit. And that physicality, well, you got to bring it on home and you got to shove it right back in these rats' faces. And that's I th- I, pieces to pieces. It's all I can say about that on Merrill's behalf. <laughs> I think he ran upstairs and grabbed his Kraken jersey and threw it in the wash. He's getting it ready. I think he did. <laughs> exactly what he did. Well, when he gets back, we're going to be long gone because that's it for this episode of the Causeway Kings. But once again, I want to say thank you to our special guest, Mark Consiglio, joining us in here from the goaltender side of things. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. And on behalf of all of us here at the WMEX Podcast Network and the WMEX Sports Radio Network, as you know, boys, is his tradition. Let's let's go. go. Peace. Peace. Yes, sir. We'll catch you next time, folks. <laughs>